0: Welcome to On Target, the podcast helping software sales leaders drive more pipeline and close transformational deals. I'm your host, Alex Elaine. let's get into it. Welcome back to another special edition of On Target, the podcast dedicated to the aspirations and challenges of software sales leaders. Last week, we embarked on a new journey condensing the wisdom gleaned from over 40 interviews with sales leaders into a succinct 10-minute session. Today, we continue that journey, delving into more highlights and crucial insights from these industry trailblazers. Ready for another impactful, concentrated dose of the best in software sales leadership? Without further delay, let's dive into the second installment of our highlight series, bringing you the very best of OnTarget.
1: Let's dive in. I see enablement in two categories. One of them is like d- data and tooling. So it's harnessing data from the entire team and all of the inputs that the team have and translating that, that data into actionable insights. So I don't know if you're a sci-fi guy at all, Alex, but there's a concept in sci-fi of like a hive mind. And I, I think of uh, sales enablement from that perspective almost like the hive mind. Like their job is to curate the inputs from the team, and then make sure that we are learning as a unit, as a hive. So that if there's a a really important learning someone has in a discovery call or in a competitive bake off, uh, we all benefit from that learning. And we're, you know we're not acting as individual actors. And then the second side is. It's more cultural. It's about creating a safe space for people. So there's no fear of reprimands if something doesn't go well, right? So that sort of no-blame culture and it's sharing the losses as much as we share the wins and uh doing deep dive retros together as a team where we lose, despite it being painful, you know. I try not to rub salt in the wounds immediately after we've lost a, a deal, but it's important. That we learn from those uh, losses and those failures together if you create that environment and make learning and development a priority for people not just within the context of their current employment but like them as a professional i think you really get the best out of people because it, it shows that you care about them you know they will move on at some point you know you're, you're ambitious and your best people you know there's always going to be a time when they they look to spread their wings and do something else and then that's fine you know i just want them to To do as much as they can while they're while they're here this premise of shared responsibility seems
0: to just be quite thematic in a lot of what you talk about and i think that's an interesting takeaway for people to consider right winning as a team losing as a team learning as a team growing as a collective all of these things can be really important when you're trying to build and foster a culture where people feel that they're unified in pursuit towards some form of a goal or some form of a target Why do you feel burnout is so high within our space? You know, we see it, certainly for sellers, even more prevalent with leaders. What's your stance on why that rate is as high as it is?
2: I've seen it very much. And I do believe, and I hope, that it's sort of on the wind down. Because it was, what you know, when I call it 2014, so maybe not not forever ago, but if you hire more account executives, you won't make more money. That sort of logic was pervasive. And you might have founders and leaders be able to point to someone who did 250% of quota in a month and a quarter and say, why can't everyone be like, you know, Jane or John, whoever it was, uh, why can't they just do that? Well, Jane or John would be about done from an effort standpoint in six months time. That's why you can't keep doing that. And so for me, for my team, and maybe a a polarizing take I have is the account executive is the face of the company. They need to be refreshed, prepared, and excited to speak with every single client that they have. If you have a company where they're expecting the salesperson to be on 10 phone calls in the day on on half hour to half hour blocks, they won't be taking notes. It's impossible to do all of that and your follow-up work. So I believe that do the most efficient work you can do on the account executive side and then step away then relax take the time between your you know your Tuesday to your Wednesday I think that that's really important but to kind of better answer the question I think the rationale of the more you hire the more revenue is is sort of fading away I think those kind of immature notions of, of productivity and efficiency are being realized by the broader kind of technology community which is where I've spent most of my time. And I think people are realizing how expensive it is to hire rather than to have patience and to train. You've spoken a lot about the importance of
0: communication. And it's also something that I hear a ton is one of the biggest challenges for other CROs or other um, people in a similar role to yourself. So I'd love to know if there's any tactical things that you've been able to do or implement to really help to bridge that communication gap, especially in scenarios where many other leaders have a real challenge with that.
3: There's the technology communication channels that, that are out there, the slacks of the world, teams, et cetera, where it can streamline sort of different channels of communications or different types of communications. You know, I think sometimes, depending on the role, it can come down to explaining to somebody how you like to receive information then you can literally have when those interactions happen, they can be a lot crisper, more concise, and more efficient, right? So as an example, so I'm relatively new to the business here, and, and with my direct team, I, I made it pretty clear how I like to receive information, and that's sort of tell me what's happening and then give me the details following as opposed to the opposite, right, where I don't need this long story first. I, I want you to get to it so I can then process, right? Not everybody thinks like that, though, so it's it's really critical when you're talking to different folks in the business how they like to and actually receive or send information. And I think getting to that level can often help a lot of the downstream communication strategies and plans that people have. And not enough people spend enough time doing that. I've worked at several organizations that have gone through sort of those communication discovery exercises that people have. We literally have the, the, the blocks on your desk to talk about how people communicate and what their methods are and you know, I pay attention to that. And I think it matters when, it, when you're talking through communication. So from a tactical perspective, that's actually one area that I think is important.
4: I'm at a stage in my life where I do a lot of personal development. I would classify myself as a lifelong learner. You know, one of the things that's really helped me is not only get clarity of where I want to be within my career, but all aspects of life. You know, life is not just your career and your work. It's your health, it's your finance, it's your relationships, it's your spirituality, it's your personal growth as well. And so there's all these other aspects of your life that since then I have really got more clarity of in terms of goals and where I want to get to in these different really important areas of, I think, of anyone's life. And often we neglect it because it's all about work and it's all about career and becoming the best within your career. And oftentimes it's quite measurable. You know, you want to get to this level, to that level. Even finance can be quite measurable. You want to get to this goal, to that goal, to accumulate a car, a house, whatever it may be. But the other things that are so important, like your health, your relationship, your family, spirituality, all of these things provide layers of meaning to what you do. And it fuels you, not only within your career, but all other aspects of your life. And so where I've got to is I'm always evolving this, you know, and I'm a big believer of documenting things. I've literally documented all of these things and I have clarity of goals in terms of where I want to be in 10 years, five years, three years. And I revise that regularly because it gives me certainty and it gives me a direction as to where I'm going. And that's kind of where I started. I strive to live a purpose-driven life, a life on my terms. Because once you're clear on your own values, your own belief system, you can start tweaking that to go in a different direction if you choose to. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is have clarity of where you want to get to. Have clarity of that destination. Have clarity of the outcome. Try and identify what's really important to you right now. Because what was important to me when I started out my career to what's important to me now, it varies and it alters. You know, Money was such an important thing for me back then and accumulating cars and watches and things like that. To now, it's more about experiences for me. It's more about relationship with my partner, with my kids, and also the type of impact that I have on people. So I think having clarity and you having a regular touch point throughout your career is really, really valuable for you just to touch in with yourself and go, doing what I'm doing, am I still loving it? Is it still aligned to my values?
0: Thanks for tuning in. Never miss a tactic or actionable insight by subscribing to On Target wherever you get your podcasts. And if you gain value from the show, I would love it if you could share it with a friend and give us a five-star review. See you next time.